0: www.brfcs.com By the fans, for the fans, since
1: 1996.
0: Welcome to BRFCS Podcast Number 69. I'm Wen Hu, the BRFCS Editor. In this podcast we're going to be looking at the recently published accounts of Venkis London Limited... For the period 1st of April 2012 to 31st of March 2013. Last year in December, on podcast number 50, we invited Philip L. to give us a rundown of the previous accounts for Venkis London Limited, which that time was for roughly an 18 month period from the acquisition of the Rovers until March 2012. Then in podcast number 52, just before Christmas, Andy Neil joined Dan Grabco of the Rovers Trust to discuss those accounts. Andy's an accountant with Pennine Lancashire Accountancy, and as well as being chair of the Fans Forum, he's active on the BRFCS forums as Fernhurst Rover, and he contributes to BRFCS by doing the accounts for free. Philip is well-known as a long-term member of the BRFCS forums, and uh, he's a a pretty regular contributor to the BRFCS podcasts. But importantly for today's discussions, he's also a widely respected financial expert. So today, Andy and Philip are with us in the virtual studio to go through the latest set of annual accounts, and a warm welcome to them. Uh, Thank you, Andy, for joining us. Good morning, Wen. How are you? Yeah, not too bad, thank you, yeah. Uh, Philip, hello.
1: Hello, Wen. Are you uh, in Japan at the moment?
0: Yeah, extremely hot, uh, Japan at the moment, yeah. We've um, just had uh, a record-breaking couple of days, uh, over 30 degrees, uh, first time in uh, 67 years, I think, in October. Uh, typhoon number 24 is uh, hitting the southwest of the country right this minute, and it's bringing a rather unpleasant hot wet air with it really horrible to My be goodness. honest
1: yeah <laughs> cracky. well we're having a lovely um um indian summer here in london um mm. malta the weather's been a, a bit up and down but um yeah, uh, london is uh quite balmy mm,
0: lovely lovely a bit like uh this summer when i was back in uh, the uk it's absolutely fantastic this summer one of the best for ages i think so it looks as though it's uh, continuing. That's good. Uh, I believe that the uh, weather for the Wigan match uh, uh, was really good as well, yeah?
2: Yeah, it was It was lovely yesterday. Mm. It was nice, warm sunny, and um, today it's back to
0: type, so that's mm. good to know. Good, good. Well, uh, it's good to hear the weather from around the world. Um, <laughs> but first, before we get going on the accounts, Paul from the Rovers Trust has just joined us in the virtual studio to give us some breaking news on the application to have EWood part registered as an asset of community value. And, uh, if you remember, he told us about the asset of community value application a short while ago back in podcast number 66. So uh, welcome to Paul. Good morning, Wen. Nice to speak to you. Are you well? Yes, very well, as usual. Yes. And, uh, you, you've, uh, you've got some amazing news for us. Yeah.
3: Well, yes, we're uh, delighted to be able to say as Rovers Trust that Ewood Park was successfully nominated and registered as an asset of community value on Thursday of last week. Um, The press releases are going out as we speak and uh, emails have gone to the full membership explaining, you know, what has happened, what we've achieved for the football club and uh, for the people of Blackburn.
0: That's great. Can you just remind us what, uh, what exactly has happened in the last couple of weeks? Well, this is process
3: has been going on since June of this year. Um, under the Localism Act, there is what is known as the community right to buy. And as a part of a community right to buy, organizations can nominate land or buildings as an asset of community value with a successful registration, which is what Rovers Trust now have. It means that the the ground, Ewood Park, cannot be sold without the owners referring to the local authority and giving the Rovers Trust, as the nominee, a six-month window in which to prepare and make an offer to purchase the ground.
0: Uh, Are are there any further steps to take?
3: No, that's it. The the asset of community value registration is in place for five years. Yeah. And uh, I've made a note in my diary for some time around July 2018 to make sure we chase it up and get it registered for another five years after that.
0: Yeah, that's great. Absolutely great news. Yeah, um, Can you hang around to, to discuss things? Uh, I believe you're rather busy. You've got to rush off.
3: I'm afraid Monday mornings are desperate for me uh, and um, I really don't have the time uh, when... But I, you know, I would love to take part another time, but I'm, I'm very, very busy today. But we really wanted to let everybody who listens to the podcast know this news as soon as possible uh, because we think it's some of the best news to come out of the Trust uh, since our inception.
0: Yeah, yeah absolutely. No, that's brilliant news. And uh, yeah, there's uh, emails going around at the moment. Uh, there's a, a press release uh, from the Robbers Trust and so you'll be able to read it uh, uh, via the forums, uh, links via the forums, and also uh, via the Rovers Trust uh, uh, website. Thanks ever so much uh, for coming on. Okay, you're
3: welcome, Wen, and uh, good luck with the discussion on the accounts. I look forward to listening to Philip and Andy on that.
0: Yeah, um, I'm sure we'll get a chance to discuss the uh, asset of community value uh, with its uh, relation to uh, accounts and uh, uh, perhaps uh how venkis Venki's london limited and uh, the club uh, are, are connected uh, at the community level okay so, okay thank talk you. to you again thanks for coming Bye. on uh thank you andy for joining us um you are uh, already aware i think a few moments before uh he, he told us
2: yeah i just uh, i received an email just as we were setting up this morning just to sort of Give the good news that the uh, the ground had been registered as a, an asset of community value. So that's good news for the Rovers Trust um, and good news for Rovers fans in general. I think.
0: And Philip is with us uh, as well. Um, you didn't know about the uh, the uh, registration of uh, Ewood Park as an asset of uh, community value, did you?
1: Well, I, I knew the, the application was going in, and um, enormous congratulations to uh, the Trust on uh, pulling this off. This is a, a really uh, the best news we've had as Robust fans in a very long time indeed. It does make um, the possibility or the, the opportunity to do some funny business with the club that much more difficult and and so therefore um, whilst there's no suggestion that uh, anything was going to be sold it means that uh, for all Rovers fans we know that a community body is in prime position to act were there to be any threat to um, Ewood Park Uh, and you know Ewood Park is obviously the spiritual and physical home of Rovers Um, got a wonderful stadium there and so this is really the most fantastic news particularly uh, when we start talking about the VLL accounts and realise how powerless things are
0: yeah, yeah, it's um, uh, kind of good timing uh, in 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 that sense. I, I don't know if the good good is the word, but uh, it's certainly appropriate timing. Um, yeah. Now, uh, just to uh, go away from uh, the accounts and uh, the, uh, the the news about the asset of community value, uh, football. Uh, just to remind ourselves, uh, we're football fans. Um, we've had uh, a couple of uh, great results. Uh, against Bournemouth and Watford uh, followed up by uh, a very near miss at uh, Wigan um, have you seen any of those games uh, either of you?
2: Yes I, um, I managed to get to the game yesterday with a, a lot of other Rovers fans I think there was just over 3,500 there yesterday so I thought that was quite a good turnout um, oh, yeah. considering everything that's been happening recently um, I, didn't, I didn't manage to make it to Bournemouth but I've, I saw the goals and they all looked very well taken um, so fingers crossed things seems to be on the up Yeah. What about the Watford match? Did you get to that? Yes, I did. Yeah, I got a season ticket in the family stand with my son. Um, Yes, I thought Watford were going to be a lot better than they actually were on the evening. Um, I thought they were always very, very good. Uh, Didn't really let Watford get into their pattern of play. Um, And obviously the goal came at a good time. So, no, fingers crossed. I think everyone was genuinely pleased and surprised that we won the game against Watford. Um, And it shows that steps are being taken in the right direction on the field.
0: Yeah, a uh, bit of a pity with uh, Grant Hanley getting sent off because, uh, yeah, 1-0 up at half-time, that's pretty pretty good ag- against uh, Wigan, yeah?
2: Yeah, we, again, yesterday we started really, really well. We got the early goal. I'm um, surprised the ref didn't blow up for a foul on the the Wigan goalkeeper. Well, no, I've not seen the replay since, but the sending off, I didn't actually see the sending off. I was following the ball, but the ref got his red card out straight away and the players didn't really seem to put up any sort of dispute to the referee and to be honest from then on it was defend, defend, defend with the odd break on the counter-attack but the goal was coming at the end to be fair they were uh, piling up with the corners and the free kicks are on the edge of the box and it was a matter of time before they connected with one-on-one went in Yeah
0: that's yeah, a shame Unfortunately, it's, yes uh, 3,500 uh, down at Wigan excellent uh, turnout
2: It was a nice day I think that probably helped uh, Yeah the gate. Yeah. I think the club tweeted on a Saturday morning that they sold 2,200 tickets or so there's a lot rocked up on the day so it was good to see it was good support and um, yeah the fans got behind the team quite well.
0: Mm. There's nearly uh, a thousand down at Bournemouth uh, which is quite amazing uh, really good turnout down there as well.
2: Definitely yeah it's been, it's a long time since we played down in Bournemouth I think it was 93-94 in the League Cups so or a whole generation of fans not been able to go to Bournemouth so um, Yeah, it's probably a new ground to tick off. A lot of people like to do that, and things are picking up, so people will start putting the effort in to go to away matches again, so it's good to see. It's good to see, definitely.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, Philip, uh, you were going to go to the Bournemouth match, but in the end, you, you didn't quite make it.
1: Yeah, that's the case. I, I've I've been extremely busy of late and uh um I I am in London at the moment but I've been in Malta most of the time. So uh, I haven't been able to see any of these games live. Um obviously the weekend result is disappointing. I, I hope that Grant Hanley has learned his lesson. It's a very expensive lesson uh, in terms of dropping three points unnecessarily to what I'm sure will be promotion rivals. Uh, and that's wonderful to say, to be talking about Rovers in terms of promotion. But I think Gary Boyer is well and truly getting the, uh, the, 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 the team turned round. Um, nice to see a um, blank sheet against us, uh, against Watford of all teams, because Watford are a free-flow free scoring team um, so he, you know the work is going in on that midfield and defense and it uh, seems to be paying off and I understand that both of Wigan goals basically came through the hole where Grant Hanley would have been, uh, which makes it even more painful for the lad and for the club. Um, But overall, uh, you know, the the concerns which we had at the beginning of the season about our ability to um, shut teams out, that seems to be being addressed. Uh, Whilst at the other end, uh, we can score. And, uh, you yeah, know, a lot of uh, chances are going begging, it has to be said. But um with uh, Jordan Rhodes, who scores when he wants, except against Wigan, which is the first game, I think, you know, is it five or six that he hasn't scored in? You know, we're knocking them in there. So, uh, you know, score at one end, keep them at the other end. (laughs) You know, that means uh, we should have a very, very good season and, uh, you know, every prospect of being in at the mix uh, when the season ends.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you're saying uh, about uh, uh, keeping a clean sheet. Uh, We've now kept two clean sheets uh, for the first time in donkey's years, uh, Watford and Huddersfield at home. So uh, at home, we're we're actually... um, You know, managed to to settle down a little bit. Um, Now, the club under Gary Boyer has uh, started off well this season. And, um, you know, for for the first time in, what, uh, two and a half, three years, uh, we're looking like a a proper football club again.
1: I completely agree. I mean, we haven't looked like a football club ever since Sam was signed.
0: Mm, Yeah. And uh, so the the on on the field uh, uh, stability um, and the off off the field uh, stability is reaping uh, dividends. Uh, but you're going to both tell me from the accounts of Venki's London Limited that perhaps uh, we're very lucky to have such stability. We'll uh, <laughs> find that out uh, very soon because we're going to move on to the accounts now. Um, Andy has uh, been through the accounts and uh, with a fine-tooth comb and uh, uh, Philip's going to be uh, making his comments and usual uh, perceptive uh, observations on the accounts. Uh, Andy, would you like to uh, lead off and tell us uh, the salient features of the accounts?
2: Yes, thanks, Wayne. Uh, well, it's, it's difficult to sort of match on a like-for-like basis due to the fact that the accounts aren't for the same... Timescale in terms of the first accounts were for a 19 and a half month period, and the second set of accounts for a 12 month period. But it's still it's still pretty. The figures are quite worrying in terms of um, progress being made off the pitch. Just to go sort of go through the accounts in a chronological order. That's usually the best way to do it. Um, The accounts for the period, like I said in the introduction, from the 1st of April 12 to the 31st of March 13. um, and if we start off by looking at the, uh, the key performance indicators, the KPIs, we can see that turnover obviously has drastically been reduced, um, but also staff costs have been reduced in term- and that will be the players. Obviously, a lot of players have left the club, a lot of high-earning players have left the club, um, and we can see that for the period to 31st of March 13, the staff costs have been reduced to just under 40 million pounds. Um, Play trading that's where the biggest difference
1: actually, Andy. Yes, Philip. That there, if, you, if you're taking the time effect, there hasn't been much of a reduction in staff costs.
2: Yes, that's correct. If sorry, you're, yes, the per
1: month. Yes. Yeah, The per month rate is about the same. Yeah, sorry, yeah, sorry, that's correct.
2: Yeah, uh, yeah, and, and the operating
1: deal, costs per month base have gone up.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes, I, yeah, sorry, that's my mistake. Apologies for that. Um, like I was just going to say, sorry, the player trading—that's where the the biggest difference has come in this season. Last year we made a profit on player trading, for the want of a better phrase, of just over 20 million pounds, and for this period it's 250,000 pounds. So the losses have racked up quite a lot. Obviously, the sellable players, a lot of them have gone with a lot of value, um, and that's resulted in a loss pre-tax of 27 million pounds which fits in pretty much with what you said philip uh, i think it was back in podcast 15 in terms of the club losing two million pounds a month um so that's a lot of money for the club to be losing with every decrease in commercial revenue match day revenue and general sponsorship um philip have you got any thoughts on the the player trading or the staff um, costs?
1: Well, I mean, <laughs> yes. I mean, the, uh, what this underlines is that the disinvestment in players, i.e. the sale of players, happened when we were in the Premier League. Yeah, We made that big trading profit when we were still a Premier League club. So mm. the Bankies were selling all our best players when we were a Premier League club. And when we were down in the, um, in the championship, um, Actually, the, the player trading count is more or less a zero. Now, um, obviously, um, we're looking at roads having come in at a very big fee, which offsets a, a bunch of um, sales um, during the year to March to, uh, 2013. But as I say, uh, you can see <laughs> one of the reasons why we got relegated was that we were selling all our assets uh, whilst we were still in the Premier League. And so Banky's pretty well engineered our, our relegation that way. Um, yes sadly we're losing that two million uh, a month and frankly when you look at the staff costs and the operating costs together on a per month basis there really was no effective reduction even though we were down a league. Um, yeah, that is the alarming fact and then when when you look at the underlying situation Um, we're virtually out of share capital, even though Venkis have subscribed an extra £24 million into the share capital, which obviously we were aware of, and that was uh, announced a while back. Um, So on on the 31st of March 2013, there's a capital contribution sitting there of £2 million, or in other words, we had capital to last us one month.
2: Yeah, which is quite a scary thought when you think about it. Quite, very scary, I thought, in fact. <laughs> yeah. There's yeah. um, just a point I wanted to ask uh, you about The accounts
1: are qualified again, by the way. Have you noticed that?
2: Yes, I have, yes. Yeah, I was, I was going to come to that in a couple of minutes. It's, um, All right, um, okay, go on. No, it's okay. Um, I was just going to ask you, just in the director's report, it says that the, the board manages to continue further cost reductions throughout the business where possible. Now, obviously, the largest cost is player wages. So does that mean... That the board are still going to be looking to either prune the squad or prune the value or quality of the squad where they can. In even though we started well this season, what are your thoughts on that, Philip?
1: Well, I mean, we know what has happened since March uh, 2013. Many of the high earners, particularly uh, the ones which Chevy brought in have been got rid of. I mean, you know, there's been a wholesale getting rid of players and the squad size is significantly reduced. The players which have come in are really uh, a lot of players we've picked up from lower divisions. So I would say that, um, you know, as Cammy has commented frequently on his podcast, that uh, for once they've actually said what what they were going to do and have actually done it. Um, In terms of stability behind the scenes, um, there were uh, those rumours, and believe me, they were absolutely accurate, that Chevy was poised to return. And I think had we not won at Bournemouth, we would have seen Chevy back. And who knows what would have been happening behind the scenes now. Uh, Thankfully, we won at Bournemouth, uh, we beat Watford, Um, I don't think anybody can blame Gary Boyer for the Wigan defeat. So hopefully we are going to be avoiding any problems of uh, Chevy returning and and disrupting everything. But you have to say that uh, that failure to cut staff costs uh, in the first year after relegation from the Premier League that one has to be landed well and truly at Chevy's door with his half a dozen uh, Portuguese and his absolutely outlandish uh, payments uh, which he was making to various people.
2: Sorry just in relation to the post balance sheets events that you mentioned Philip it says in the notes of the account, so not note number 29, it says compromise agreements have been reached for the group to pay £2.79 million after 31st of March 13. So I, I could presume that means the likes of Danny Murphy, Nuno Gomez, possibly even Michael Appleton if his a, a severance package was agreed post two, uh, 31st of March. So there's more losses to be wrapped up this coming year. But obviously, what we do need to bear in mind is that these paint a picture. They don't give the definitive picture for the whole of the season, but they do paint quite a large picture. Um, for the upcoming Rovers accounts to the period 30th of June. Um, How do you see those looking in relation to the Venkis London Limited accounts?
1: Well, I think that uh, it's going to be similar. Obviously, you're going to have a um, 12-month-to-12-month matching of accounts, so um, the turnover figure will be down dramatically. Um, Obviously, um, this period, which we've just looked at uh, for the VLL, includes a few months of uh, Premier League income at the end of our relegation season. Mm -hmm. So um, I think it's going to look even more dire and i wouldn't be i mean you know I, I would say at this stage that my forecast for losses uh for the year to 30 for, to the 30th of june 2013 i would wouldn't be surprised if it doesn't top 30 million and um you know there are other comments about financial fair play and frankly um The most sensible thing for them to do would be to put the kitchen sink (laughs) into the losses in the year to June 2013. So, I don't know, a losses figure in the region of maybe as high as 34 million might be on the cards.
2: Mm Mm-hmm quite possibly quite possibly just in relation to the qualification that the um, KPMG put on the accounts does the unlisted investment in the canadian company for 3.3 million well, nearly 3.4 million pounds have you got any any information on this canadian company
1: philip <laughs> no and neither of KPMG which is why they are qualified i mean i, I, mean, I find this quite extraordinary mm-hmm. um that you know lack of information last year lack of information this year you know, mrs Desai signs off uh, happily um, in her director's report that they've given all the information uh, necessary to kpmg and kpmg is saying oh no you haven't um you know I, I personally think that there are other issues that kpmg are using this particular form of words as a cover Um, that, um, yeah, they haven't got that piece of information, they're quite happy not to have got it because they were probably going to qualify these accounts for other reasons, uh, like going concern. Um, had they not had that handy qualification to hand, that's my Mm -hmm. guess, and I, I, you know, I'm expressing that very much as a personal opinion, but uh, you know, you look at these numbers, um and you you, um, extrapolate forward and is there going to be a business? Uh, the only reason why I think they haven't qualified as a growing concern is that um, Venkis have put in that extra 24 million pounds of share capital. and Presumably, mm-hmm. there is a letter from Venki to KPMG, which is not alluded to in the account, but KPMG have got a reassurance from Venkis that they would do the same again. Uh, and in all fairness to Bankies, you know, behind the scenes, I believe um, that that is for real and that, um, you know, in effect, uh, Balaji is uh, using uh, the increase in the value of his personal plots of land around Pune as collateral uh, to get the um, the Indian banks to be coughing up more and more money. That said... Um, We are are rapidly running to what I understand is the upper limit on the amount of money which the Indian banks are willing to cough up um, on this basis. And I fear that round about Christmas uh, we could be at a crunch and that might force uh, the sale of players and the obvious one to go would be Jordan Rose.
2: Mm
0: -hmm.
2: I noticed that the... uh the renewal date for the facility with the Bank of India is the 30th of September. Have you heard anything in relation to that being renewed or otherwise?
1: I believe it has been re- 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 renewed. Uh, mm. I mean, obviously, uh, the gates would be being closed if it hadn't been. Um, so I, uh, I understand it has been renewed. I also um, understand from, uh, that it has been increased, um, but even on the increased basis, um, unless this two million a month rate has been sorted out, which it might have been, you know, with with, with the loss of uh, some of the very very high earners, um, and you know uh, the lack of uh, transfer payments out to bring players in, um, so in fairness, it may be that that you know, that two million a month uh, run rate of losses could be down to about a million a month. So, overall, we are um, a little bit stuck in terms of knowing what uh, exactly is going on, but I'm afraid that the picture is a question of when we run out of money, whether it be Christmas or summer next year, uh, rather than if we run out of money on the current basis.
2: Indeed. It's also interesting to note, and slightly alarming to note, that the um, KPMG put a note into the account, to say that they've not been able to receive all the information or explanations, or indeed whether to confirm whether accurate accounting records have been kept. So, that's also quite a, of a worrying trend that seems to be sort of carrying on on a year by year basis for the accounts. Not very good.
1: I, I, I totally agree. I mean, that is really alarming. Obviously, we're talking about Venkies London Limited, so it might be that <laughs> simply Venkies London Limited don't have a bookkeeper but uh, it will be uh, very damning on Rovers if that is repeated in the Rovers uh, audited uh, report. And, um, you know, the, uh, by all accounts, Karen Silk is working her six-month notice period, which must be close to an end. And if that appears... Uh, in the accounts and I'm not in the least bit surprised that um, she's resigning it's not a reflection on her um, but I think um, there are uh, I've heard enough from inside EWood uh, about what happened uh, before Karen Silk was appointed. So I don't think that what's going on is, is a reflection on Karen Silk. Uh, there is one uh, point which I would really raise with regards to the forthcoming Rovers accounts. The chairman of the club was, dis- was described on oath in the High Court as having gone rogue and uh, totally out of control. And that was an explanation as to why the club ha- had no control over uh, payments to its own management. Now, when it comes to the accounts of Blackburn Rovers, um, presumably that same chairman who was so described in the High Court is going to be asked to sign off the accounts. And moreover, there will be representation that the club was operated completely under control uh, when its own council described it as being completely out of control. So quite how KPMG are going to do with that, I have no idea.
2: I should make a very interesting reading. very interesting meeting. Just as a side to uh, Karen Silk, have you heard anything on her replacement?
1: I, I've heard nothing at all. As I say, I think that what's going on, uh, by all accounts, is no reflection on Karen, her professionalism, her abilities whatsoever. Oh. Um, she's highly regarded, and, rem- and I think rightly so.
2: Mm-hmm, definitely. Oh, yeah, definitely, yeah. I don't think there's any sort of... I, don- I think she can leave with her head held high... Um, and she probably was sold something that she wasn't expecting, I would imagine, when she took the job on initially.
1: Without <laughs> doubt. <laughs> just there is one just... question which I would pose, Andy. And Whether you got any thoughts?
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Why do you think Venkies are still owners of the Black Rovers Football Club?
2: <laughs> That's a very, very good question. Um, and if anybody outside of the Venky circle knew the answer I think it would have been made public a long time ago. It's, um, it does seem a strange situation. It seems to be putting money in hand over fist, um, and getting either little to no return, either in terms of goodwill from the supporters, goodwill from the public of Blackburn, um, and just from a business point of view, it doesn't make any sense whatsoever to continue pumping money into something they're not going to get the money back. Even if they decided tomorrow that they were going to just wash the hands of the club sell the club they are not going to get a what they paid for the club or b anything like the money that pumped into the club to cover the losses just just not going to get anything for it so it's very very strange situation and in situations like this that's when you get the conspiracy theories unfortunately um whether there are something in them anything in them nothing in them i haven't got a clue but it does seem a very strange situation as to why they continue to hold on to the club, especially when a lot of them or a lot of the family don't seem very interested. That's from my point, per, uh, personal point of view.
1: I mean, have they actually done anything which they said they would do uh, when they bought the club in October 2010?
2: Well, I, um, I think the, um, un- well, there are things that they've, they've held to certain things that would have caused absolute outcry if they sort of, um, try to change them, I, the name of the Jack Walker stand um even season ticket prices to a certain extent they've been, even though income has, has dropped through the floor through tv revenue etc um, they've held the prices in terms of season tickets so that's one thing that can um, be ticked against their box or how much control or how much interest they have in season ticket prices is a different matter but they've been held so that's not a bad thing um but no I mean obviously there was the removal or otherwise of John Williams Tom Finn etc when I'm pretty sure that they stated that the management or executive team wouldn't be tampered with tampered with within a 12 month period um yeah. so it's there are lots of there are lots of reasons why I think things haven't gone as well as they initially anticipated um but there's no doubt that they haven't helped themselves in certain areas of the business off the pitch and on the pitch as well.
1: Right. Did you see that Economist article in July called Villains in Football?
2: Yeah, I vaguely remember seeing something about that, yeah.
1: Did it seem rather familiar? <laughs>
2: uh with my personal supporters hat on, yes. With my fans forum hat on, I couldn't possibly comment. Um, but, yeah, it's um, yeah, it did seem
1: familiar. Okay, we won't, we won't go any further then, Andy. Definitely, no, definitely not. I would, I would not imagine so. <laughs> <laughs> yes, indeed. But, um, yeah, it's a July article, if everyone wants to go and uh, look it up. Um, I think... Um, the uh, the pattern on the uh, reported attendances is interesting. Uh,
2: well, to be fair, I'll just sort of step in with that. sort of. Um, the club have always stated that attendances are on tickets sold, not attendees. So if you have a lot of season tickets, a lot of season ticket holders that don't attend for whatever reason, then that wouldn't be reflected in the attendance. Um, I think that's something that the club have said that they've done for quite a long time now. I noticed that other clubs, um, in Europe especially, was it Barcelona at the weekend? They said their attendance was 64,000, yet I know that the membership is sold out. So if, if, if they, if they operated to the same standard as Rovers, every game would be 98, 99,000 sellout. Um, yeah, it's tickets sold. Although I think there was somebody that sort of alluded to the fact that ghost tickets or dummy tickets or excessive staff tickets were being produced. Uh, last season in order to pump up the figures, but I wouldn't know if that was true or not, to be honest, and I wouldn't like to comment yeah. either. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> okay, yeah, I mean, if that were true, then, uh, again, read that Economist article. Anyway. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay.
2: <laughs> okay, just in relation, just to, just to go back to the accounts, just to uh, talk about the balance sheet on the accounts, Um, even though the losses are racking up as well, the, the balance sheet doesn't make for good reading either. Um, The okay. debtors' figure has halved. Uh, the cash at bank... There's well, it's twenty percent of what it was previously the creditors are rising um so yeah. the underlying pitch even though the debt the actual trading account does't look good the actual balance sheet is is not looking very good either and that's probably something that a lot of people wouldn't necessarily know or understand when they just look at the headline figures
1: well I agree I mean if you look at the net current liabilities um. 31st of March 2012 minus 11 million. 20, 31st of March 2013 minus 26 million. Mm-hmm. Net current liabilities is all about whether you can pay your debtors when they fall due, and that is an extremely alarming figure. I mean, it's indicating that the club is rapidly becoming illiquid.
2: Yes, it's. Um, I think it's a case of on the surface everything looks relatively okay thanks to the results picking up but on, off the pitch or under the water to use the uh, the phrase things are not improving in the slightest um, and like you say Philip it's only a matter of time before it comes to a crunch point in terms of the finances and a decision needs to be made whether they continue to fund the club putting their own money in um, which they're going to want back at some point or they have to sort of raise revenues through the sale of players and Obviously, there are only a couple of players of sellable value enough to cover the losses. Um, hopefully, we don't reach that point. But it's not looking good. And also as well, they've taken out a new loan recently for £5 million over the previous 12 months in addition to the doubling of the bank loans and overdrafts as well. So, the creditors' figures rocketing up. Um, the debtors' figure seems to be shrinking. We're losing money on a monthly basis. It's... Off the pitch, things do not look very good to say the least.
1: I'm afraid that's the case, that there is nothing really of any comfort whatsoever in these accounts other than the fact that Venkies are still putting the cash in.
2: yes, i think I, th- I think a lot of fans have sort of come to the, the conclusion that the rovers need Venkies a lot more than Venkies need the Rovers at the minute, and if they did decide that they were, were going to pull out. You could pretty much turn the lights off within a month, I would imagine, because the income just isn't there. The expenditure doesn't seem to be going away, and it's difficult to see how either party is going to come out of this smelling of roses. Obviously, the Ro- obviously all the Rovers fans want Rovers to do well, etc. But I think people need to sort of understand that un- un- unless fans are turning up and putting money into the club. Especially with the financial fair play rules coming up, that players of the calibre of Jordan Rhodes could be a thing of the past if um, if the club doesn't get itself back on an even keel in terms of finances.
1: I'm afraid that is the case, and and frankly, there's not a lot the, the fans can do. I mean, you could double the attendance, and frankly, uh, it's not going to make a whole a whole lot of difference
2: not at the current season ticket prices no it's um, yeah. as good as the as good as the cut was it seems to be a, a noose round the club's neck now in terms of financing if they were to put them up back up to what they were pre-drop I think you could probably see 50% of the crowd just sort of walk away at the moment people people wouldn't be prepared to pay four or £500 a season in the current climate especially in a town like Blackburn that's sort of not very depressed economically but it's it's certainly not as um, affluent as sort of places like Bolton and Preston, with a bigger catchment area and a, a bigger services sector within the town.
1: I'm afraid that that's the case. Yes, um, I mean there is literally one salvation, and that is getting promoted this season.
2: Indeed, yes, indeed. I think it's. I, I, I would hate to use the phrase promotion or bust, as Chevy did, but uh, it's, um it's looking it's looking likely this season that they do need to get up and hopefully I think I said this in the last podcast if they if they did manage to get promoted this season the, the best we could hope for is Benke's decided this is their ideal opportunity to sort of cut and run and sell the club to somebody who's prepared to run it on a, um, a more I can't think of the phrase um, professional pardon, yes sustainable <laughs> Sustainable, yes, sustainable, professional, um, take your pick, really. Um, but yeah, I mean, the club, both from a supporters point of view, but also from an accountancy point of view, really do need to get promoted this season. The losses cannot carry on to be racked up like this. Um, Denkies won't keep putting the money in while they're not getting a return. Um, so it's a very, very worrying position, very worrying position. At least, At least in the 80s, when we weren't doing very well, the costs weren't astronomical we didn't have a huge ground to maintain we didn't have the training facilities to maintain etc so it's the costs are a lot higher these days in terms of running a football club if you're not doing as well or you don't have a wealthy benefactor
0: just wondering if I can uh, come in here for a moment mm-hmm. um, much was made at the time uh, that venkis had gone to bank of india from barclays if you remember uh, much of mm-hmm. Much was made of the fact that uh, uh, you know Venkis would probably you know be able to move all their assets out of uh, the UK, etc. Uh, and, and yet now we're hearing that the Bank of India has uh, has protected the club. Um, f- first of all, from an accountant's point of view, uh, h- how can they protect the club? And uh, the, what were the reasons for going to the Bank of India in the first place?
1: Well, if I can answer that. Um, relations between Venkis and Barclays were non existent, and I understand that Venkis uh, uh, never even met uh, the clubs of bankers. Um, the, um, the reason why we're protected is that obviously bank of india is a company sitting in india and it has security against indian assets which i believe are um part of the land which um uh, old man venki himself gave to um to balaji and this land is increasing in value dramatically uh, because of the economic growth growth of Pune. that that Growth in economic value means that he has a more and more valuable asset against which he's been able to borrow and the bank has been uh, producing the cash accordingly. That cash has come over to Rovers um, partly in the form of that £24 million increase in share capital and partly in the form of loans uh, effectively from the parent. Right. right. But all of this... All of these loans and collateral is in India, which means that uh, if things go wrong, rovers are protected from the bank um, coming over here to collect assets. The assets which they will collect against um, is part of Balaji's land around Pune.
0: Right. So, how does this uh, connect with you know Brockhall and uh, Ewood Park?
1: Well, Brockhall at the moment is. Um, Nobody seems to be using Brockhall, and I, and I believe that this is because of um, particular provisions in the settlement of Brockhall Village, which mean that the land which uh, rovers are using for training um, at the moment um, is uh, protected from building. So, um, and with regards to Ewood, of course, the very good news today that the trust has got community status on Ewood, uh, means that uh, Ewood is in effect double protected now. So, my view is uh, if everything does go wrong then you know the bank of india calls on balaji against some of his land and it's only some of his land um for uh, making good their loans and that there is the possibility of a phoenix ra- raising from the ashes um for rovers
0: hmm. um, would that come as a result of administration
1: well, if you look at these numbers, um, it's not long before rovers um, become illiquid and insolvent. Um, yeah, when that happens, then administrators are appointed because debts are not paid when they fall due. Um, we are utterly dependent on these transfers coming from India to to, to avoid that situation. <laughs> Uh, and, you know, that, that is what is happening at the moment. I mean, the, 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 the um, you know, um, transfers are coming from India on a regular basis. But I mean, if that, that were to stop, uh, because, uh, we've run up against a limit, um on um advances which are permissible by there's two banks in india by the way it's not only the bank of india there's there's another bank involved as well um then yeah if we get to that point that we were at our upper limit from from the indian banks and balaji not willing to pledge any more land or the indian banks have simply run out of uh, appetite for doing this sort of thing i mean that's also a possibility you remember Hmm. then at that point, uh, the money ceases coming from India. We can't pay our our, our debts as they fall due, and uh, handing over the keys to an administrator uh, w- would happen within a matter of days.
0: Hmm. Andrew, do you have that uh, view that uh, administration is really a matter of uh, the uh, the tap being turned off in India? Difficult to
2: tell to be honest with you. When um, they've put a lot of money into the into the club so far, it's it, it almost reverts back to the question that Philip asked before: of why do they keep? Why would the owners want to keep the club? It's they don't seem to be gaining anything from it, so it's difficult to understand why they can keep putting money into the club. Um, I think this summer or this season is a very critical season. If the club don't get anywhere near the playoffs, I dread to think what sort of conversations are going to be had over in Pune come close season. Um, it's I just can't understand why they keep funding the club, why they would want to keep funding the club. And if they do decide to turn the tap off, as you say, then like Philip said, it's, it's going to be a matter of days, weeks, before administrators are appointed. Um, and that's when the real problems will start. To some extent, they've been the makers of their own downfall, venkies They've taken the wrong advice from day one, but they've not held their hand up and sought the help of the people who could run the club they turned everybody away. Um, but, like I said before, the Rovers need the Venkis a lot more than the Venkies need the Rovers at the minute. Um, so this season is crucial. It really is crucial. We've been saying it for a while, but it, this season really could be the tipping point, I think, to be honest.
0: Yeah, certainly could. Um, Philip was saying there uh, that Venkis engineered a relegation First of all, Andy, how do you interpret that? Yes, well, I must admit,
2: it's it, it doesn't it's not a nice thing to say of your owners, but it it does seem that way. They sold the best players. Um I mean prior to them coming in we were a stable, relatively stable mid-table premiership club. We had good players, good young players coming through, established internationals, and then all of a sudden They've decided that players are gonna be frozen. Now it's almost like they tried to reduce the size of the club in terms of cost, but keep it in terms of income and it just wouldn't happen. You need to constantly invest in a team, especially a Premier League team, to retain the status. So we did bring it upon ourselves and I think that's why a lot of fans were so angry, frustrated, and just generally dismayed with the club. They did it almost seemed as if they wanted to strip it down to its bare bones to build it back up again for whatever reason. So, we did bring relegation upon ourselves. We got rid of our best players, our most experienced players. I mean, just letting Everton go, just like that, without a, a recognised replacement, seemed a bit, uh, bizarre decisions. Nelson, he was never going to play again, then he's playing for Tottenham. Um, I know we're raking over old ground here, but it it, it, it did seem like a, we just pressed the self-destruct button and there was no need to. There was no need to. If they'd carried on, the Walker Trust were putting in £3 million a year. All they had to do was continue putting in between £3-5 five million a season um, and we could have maintained our status as a, a mid-table Premiership team and now if you look at it, we're losing money hand over fist and they, they must dread the day they ever heard of Blackburn Rovers and certain other people.
1: Yeah. Well, if, if I could comment, first of all, we weren't a mid-table Premier League team. You know in four of the five seasons prior to Venki's coming in, we'd finished in the top ten uh we were better than the mid table team um now uh when we were bought, remember Mrs. Desai talking about leasing players yes. um right okay, despite the fact that that was wholly legal, so they they you know the lack of homework which these people did w- was crazy. We know for a fact that the Premier League twice blocked uh, the transfer of Fulmonica because of problems of third-party ownership. Um, Last summer, we had those half-dozen Portuguese players come to Rovers, which is the only country in Europe where third-party ownership is allowed. That's Portugal. Uh, you know, that, that, there's so many things here which really smell and smell terribly badly. And, you know, again, I would say, look at that article, Villains in Football, in The Economist. Um, that, you know, um, and when we come to advisors, I mean, at the very least, you can say, Philip Huber and uh, Jerome Anderson are the most incompetent idiots around. You know, if, if what has happened to Rovers is the product of their advice, then these people's advice is absolutely cretinously bad. They know nothing about football. If this is pure football advice from those two individuals, then their advice is worse than any kid from Mill Hill could offer to Blackman Rovers football club.
2: Yes, um, yeah, the owners weren't well advised for whatever reason. Um, but for them to continue this stonewalling of people who've got best interests of the club at heart seems bizarre to say the least. Um, and again, this is where people step in with their different ideas of ownership advice um and it just it's a confusing confusing situation and in some respects i hope we find out what happens one day but in some respects i i I wouldn't like to know because it would it wouldn't be very pretty i don't think to be honest it wouldn't be very pretty at all
1: the most likely scenario is that at some point a major scandal will break in football it won't be around blackburn rovers but when that scandal breaks You'll get the wise voices saying in hindsight, Oh, and of course, we all knew what was going on at Blackburn Rovers as well.
2: Mm, yes. I don't think we're the only club to suffer from this.
1: Um, we're not. Secular. That's why I'm saying mm-hmm. that, I, you know, sadly, we are not. And that's why I'm saying a big scandal will break sometime or later. it's not going to break about Blackburn Rivers. Um, You know, they, uh, to that extent, um, if we could use the term, um, got away with it, closing inverted commas, uh, but somebody else will not get away with it. And when that breaks and people start looking at the overall picture, uh, then unfortunately, as I say, um, people will look at Blackburn.
2: Mm, yes, I just thought there's was a club left at the end of all this sorry mess to uh, for the people of Blackburn and surrounding areas to support.
1: That is the huge fear. But as I say, we're incredibly lucky uh, because of um, the location of the banks. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that, that move from Barclays to the two banks in India could be the saving of Blackburn Rovers.
2: So it's not all bad then. <laughs>
1: to that extent, no. <laughs> no. In a doomsday scenario, uh, there, there is one incredibly good piece of news.
2: True, very true.
0: Yeah. Well, of course, the other good bit of news is that, uh, at least on the field, uh, Gary Boyer has done a tremendous job of uh, uh, of, of pulling the lads together and, and getting us playing like a football team again. Uh, I think that's all we have time for this week uh, as far as the accounts go. Um, uh, Philip and Andy, do you you have anything uh, final to say?
2: Just, I mean, obviously the accounts don't make for pretty reading. Um, Hopefully the club can uh, continue to manage the costs but also increase the revenue because that's the only way the club's going to get out of the current mess, not by reducing costs but by increasing revenue.
1: Uh, yes, I agree. And the only way they can increase revenue is by getting promoted this summer. Indeed.
0: Well, there you have it. So promotion or bust, as Shebby says. But uh, it it really is critical, isn't it? But, uh, yeah, we've uh, we've got a, a decent chance. Uh, I'm, I'm very confident we'll be uh, top of the table, mid table, top of the table. And as long as we can keep on to the cocktails of the, the top six, seven for, for the next uh, few months, take it to Christmas and uh, then see how we are for the January window. I've got a feeling that if we're in and around the mix uh, for playoff places around uh, January, I've got a feeling that, that uh, the Venkies might uh, just uh, pull their fingers out and uh, uh, buy us one or two uh, key players that can uh, give us that push. Uh, for the cost of 10 million, it may may just save their, their backsides.
2: 10 million may have. I was going to say, 10 million pounds would have probably kept it in the
0: Premier League. Yeah. Unfortunately, huh? Yeah, but uh, it could do with uh, just a little bit more quality, oh, I think. Million,
1: uh, yeah. 10 million and a manager.
0: Mm. Yeah.
1: Which we now have a manager. I mean. <clears throat> Quite honestly, yes, it would be lovely to see us uh, strengthen the squad. But you know, just getting Dunn and uh, rachina back fit could be critical mm. in in the promotion push.
2: Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. it's um, it, if Dunn or rachina can come back and sort of help Rods out with chipping in with a few goals, he can't. He's not going to be able to keep scoring all season on his own, and nobody else looks like they're going to be scoring. So yeah, I think the the return of Dunn. And or Regina could be a, a big boost to the team. And if we're going to be investing in players, it needs to be first team players, not squad players.
1: Absolutely, completely agreed. Hmm. I, I'm a bit worried about that defence, to be perfectly honest. I think we're we're very thin uh, on the ground. Um, I, I, I would like to see a, a, another uh, very good defender in the in in the squad uh, and available. Yeah.
0: Usually, you have four centre backs um, who, who can all play in the first team. But uh, of course, Scott Down was out uh, uh, yesterday, and uh, once Grant Hanley went off, we were struggling. Uh, Thomas spur went to centre back, and then I think uh, Jason Law was brought, brought into the back four. Um, no, one on the ba- no one on the bench at all. So that's quite frightening. Mm, Very much so. yes.
2: I, I think it shows a lack of depth in the squad, to be honest.
0: Yeah, quality-wise, yeah. Oh, definitely quality-wise. definitely. Quality-wise, not numbers-wise, yeah. Good. Well, uh, coming up, uh, we've got Charlton at home. Uh, not this coming weekend, it's the international break, the weekend after on the 19th. Charlton at home, uh, and then we're away to Blackpool the following weekend, and uh, then we're back at home at Ewood Park uh, to play Middlesbrough. Uh, in uh, November so there's uh, three games there that we can certainly get uh, a couple of wins and a draw Um, if we can just keep the points coming in and uh, hopefully hang on to the uh, the coattails of the the top six, seven uh, I think uh, think we'll be doing very, very well and uh, then come Christmas uh, January and uh, see where we are assess the situation and hopefully uh, push on for uh, a playoff place if uh, if it's still within a reach otherwise it's just going to be hang, hanging on to a uh, championship status but to be honest I think uh, uh, I'm, I'm pretty confident uh, we won't we won't be getting drag, dragged down, not the, not this season well thank you ever so much uh, to you both for coming on and uh, discussing the accounts uh, it's a little bit gloomy shall we say but uh, we have to look at these things uh, thank you ever so much uh, to Andy Neal. Uh, thanks for coming on
2: no problems Wen. thanks for asking me to come on
0: yeah you're very welcome thank you yeah and uh, Philip uh, as always thanks for coming on right thank you yeah and uh, look forward to uh, hearing you both at some stage uh, in the future on the podcast thank you ever so much well wherever you are in the world, we do hope you do take good care uh thanks ever so much for listening in and uh We look forward to having you on with us again. Thank you.